If any Bond things come up, whatever we have to do, we will do. Billie Eilish, January 2019. Eilish and her brother, Phineas O'Connell, stood by that statement and wound up writing and recording the title theme for the upcoming Bond film. There are few things in your career that are as desirable as doing a Bond song. We did not take the opportunity lightly and worked as hard as we could to prove ourselves, said O'Connell. The two immediately hit a recording studio to knock the song out, but came away from the session disappointed with what they had made. Bond producer Barbara Broccoli sent the pair the script for the opening scene of the film, which gave them some direction for the song. Most of the song would end up coming together in a tour bus in Texas, where O'Connell came up with the initial chord progression. The final recording features orchestral arrangements by Hans Zimmer and guitar by Johnny Marr of the Smiths. Released on February 13th, 2020, the song debuted at number one on the UK singles chart, making it Eilish's first number one hit in the UK and the first time an artist born in the 21st century has topped the chart there. That's right, we're talking Billie Eilish's No Time to Die this week on me. Cover me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that usually talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one has time to die. This week, we'll only be looking at a famous song, because it's not even a month old and we're fucking lazy. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my busy co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. Yeah, that's my name. What's your name? My name is Jake Cressy, but I'm looking to get like a... I want a Barbara Broccoli kind of name. Yeah, I always said Broccoli because I was like, it can't be Broccoli, right? It's got to be Broccoli. Like, <laughs> because like uh, the other, the o- older Bond songs were produced by, or I guess films were produced by, I think it was her father. Because okay. we've been dealing with a Broccoli for all Must the songs. Be, yeah. For, yeah. But, there's but a, the other guy's Barbara. Saltzman. Yes, but there's a Broccoli. Salty Broccoli. Broccoli and Saltzman. Yeah. That's the one. Is broccoli a, a man-made vegetable? Is it not naturally occurring? Um, I believe it was like, I don't remember where it came from, but like broccoli and cabbage and like Brussels sprouts and cauliflower are all technically the same species or something like that. Or they were okay. the same species and we selectively bred them to look totally different. Weird. So, yes. So, like, so somebody like it was like, it's, making like it's, it's domesticated. And then they're like, hey, what's that? And we're like, no, no, broccoli, I guess. It's my last name. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Which came first? We'll never know, Alex. I, I so, can't Alex, that question for you. Before we talk about the song this week, have you looked at any, uh, any upcoming footage for the, the, the now November-released film, No Time to Die, the final Daniel Craig Bond film? I actually did not look up the trailer. Because I'm a professional. Yeah. It only occurred to me at like the last minute. I was like, no, oh, I should probably look at I that. I know so a this one, bit about it. You know, but not much. You know a bit about it? Interestingly, not- it has uh, Aaliyah Seydoux in it. Is it Seydoux? Is that how you say it? Um, yeah, say it that way. It's got Aaliyah Skidoo, who also <laughs> features in Death Stranding. Ah, of course. Which is only relevant to you and me because we were just talking about talking strand about type strand games, type gameplay, which this episode might actually become about. It, it, it might devolve into that. Um, but yeah, so I guess now we'll get into it when we get into the lyrics. Alex, we're talking about Billie Eilish for the second time. She's 18 years old now. 
How how do those two facts make? Don't like directly respond to the fact that she's eighteen. I was just throwing that in. I was because I was gonna say, how does that make you feel? Does that make me but, feel uh, <laughs> neutral? Like she wasn't eighteen before. She's eighteen now. I don't I don't know what else there is to say. Congratulations on getting older, Billie Eilish. But how can, do you feel about talking about her again as an artist? Is what I really meant to say. <laughs> um, I mean, she's relevant right now, so I it makes sense that we're talking about her. Uh, we aren't really huge like pop heads or anything, but we're still now. We've endeavored to do this thing every week, and that involves being close to music and mm-hmm. this. And I happen to be fascinated by Bond songs, so this is her Bond song. Like it, it makes sense. Yeah. It, it all just worked out that way. It is. It is a crossing over of interests. I'm. It's. I'm just glad that pop is not like country right now. Like it's kind of moved out of that phase in like the like a mid two thousands where it yeah. was like country pop was really big. I still can't get into that country pop, and I do no. like some country, but for some reason, like like Nicole was listening to it the other day, and I was like, "This is fine," but I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't pop, you know. Yeah, it's just it's kind of like country pop. Country sounds like country that has been like neutered, you know, like domesticated. Yeah, and like, is that true of other pop music? If it was a genre that I didn't like, kind of like otherwise, you know? Yeah, but, it like, could be possible. I don't, know. I don't know, man. I'd still go to Nashville. Know. Like on a yeah. trip. Maybe not Fuck right yeah. now. Maybe now is not the best time to go on a trip to Nashville. It's not a great time for trips anywhere, really, but. <laughs> yeah. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, Yeah, Alex, do you know this song's in a 143 beats per minute in the key of E minor? Uh, I knew it was in the key of E minor. I think it's yeah. more like a melodic minor, but not totally. But also, mm. you can always play around with that stuff. So it's definitely minor. Definitely minor. Um, Alex, we're gonna let's just fucking get into this. Let's talk about some lyrics. Uh, here it comes. Here's the lyric strain. Yep, throw them at I me. To, I forgot to open it up. I think it starts out. Uh, Strand those lyrics at me. Uh, no, I have yeah. them. It says, "I should have known. I'd leave alone." Just goes to show that the blood you bleed is the blood you owe. That's the first part. There's yeah, a little sounds pause. Like so- sounds like somebody's had a bad experience at a blood bank. <laughs> Tell me about it. Ba-dum-tss. Yeah, that was a rough one. Yeah, so I should have known I'd leave alone just because to show the blood you bleed is the, just the blood you owe. So it's kind of like a... Like uh, so apparently, according to Genius, this this draws on some themes from the movie, and like I said in the intro, they were given the opening scene as sort of inspiration to help them understand what the movie's about. So it seems to be about betrayal, particularly between Bond and fucking her name is Doctor Stranding. Yeah, Doctor Madeline Ma- uh, Madeline Swan. Um, yeah, I, I get, like, as we've discussed in the last couple weeks, we haven't been up on the new Bond films, but there's kind of mm. this ongoing storyline of, like, romance between Bond and Leia Sedu, 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 should I say it a couple Skidoo. more times? Skidoo. Yeah, so, so, yeah, see if somebody Leia comes Skidoo. in and is like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, hey, guy in my basement? Cool. I mean, my studio. Um, so. <laughs> basement studio. So her like inevitable betrayal is I think the the big the big thing in this movie I I don't think it happened before like she's from the previous ones 
Yeah, she is from the previous ones. And the line in the trailer uh, that he says to her, he says, we all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. So she's got then, something going on. Yeah. Which, I mean, probably more interesting than, like, the incompetent CIA agent from Live and Let Die, who mm-hmm. gets shot real early on. So classic. I they make it seem like she was pretending to be incompetent and was also a double agent, but it turns out she's just incompetent and also a double agent. Mm, anyway, the best kind of double yeah. agent. So in this, we see sort of a, a twist. Before I get to the to the actual lines, in that I think this is kind of written from Bond's perspective. Yes, and I was going at this from like Bond girl perspective for the longest time, but mm-hmm. looking up some more details made it pretty obvious that that's not what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And so often in bond songs, you do, especially female bond songs, it, we get the reverse where it's like the sort of bond girl perspective being like, Oh, James Bond, you're so dark and, and mysterious, mysterious and hot, and, but you left and, uh, just can't stop mm-hmm. thinking about you. Um, but I guess, I mean, the line, the blood you bleed is just the blood you owe really points towards that because, you know, he's, one, like he's the killer. He's, yeah. So that could be considered like as a metaphor in a fight, you borrow the loser's blood because you survived sort of thing. Right. And now, you know, the, the loan is coming due sort of situation. Uh, I, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's based on any saying. There's not a... Not one that like I know. What, what you reap is what you sow kind of thing? Yeah, I guess it's kind of similar idea. Similar. It's, I think, more, a little different, but that's the closest yeah. I could think of. Um, yeah, so that's yeah, sort of the idea there is that you've wrought these consequences. And, of course, it's similar to like live and let die. It's, you work in blood, so that's, right. that's your currency, essentially. Like, it's dark shit, dark heavy shit. Um, yeah. We were a pair, but I saw you there. Too much to bear. <laughs> Uh, you are my life, but life is far away from fair. I like that because it's the song is so like close, Mike. I like it the way the F's just like resonate the on the I guess consonants of this. Is it consonants mm. or would it be just an alliteration? Um, I think that would be fair. Uh, far away oh, from fair. No, I think that's just alliteration. Just the way, just the far away from fair. Like you get those, f- yeah, f- and like kind of get that breathiness because it's so, so quiet. Yeah, well, that's a cool line just for that reason. That is a cool line just for that reason. Um, yeah, that was just kind of that. That whole four lines there is just like we were once together. But now uh, something's happened there, and it's a, a harsh betrayal. Mm-hmm. I like that you were my life, but life is far away from fair. Because is it saying that like unfair, like you you are being unfair, is in like not just, or is it unfair, is in the opposite of fair, is in beauty, being like you an ugly piece of shit. Ah, it was ugliness, like ugliness and beauty in terms of on the surface and underneath and all that stuff. Hmm. Mm. Or the beauty is on the outside, the ugliness is on the inside, and the distance just goes to show how ugly she is on the inside versus how beautiful mm-hmm. she is on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Options. Then made. we ask the question, was I stupid to love you? Was I reckless to help? Was it obvious to everybody else? 
Nice line getting inside your own head, trying to ask yourself if there were if there were signs, you know? That's Yeah. It's it's like a oh I'm gonna say hallmark of betrayal. Is it a hallmark of betrayal? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um but that sort of idea. You know, you know, when you get somebody a you card know. to let them know they've been duped. Yeah. Hallmark yeah. of betrayal. I was being duplicitous. It was all <laughs> it a was ruse. It was all a ruse. Um <laughs> Yeah, just for a couple lines, ducks inside inside the the psyche asking questions. I've been saying the same thing like three times now. Yeah, it's like, uh, and again, <laughs> interesting being from the Bond perspective, who's usually seen as pretty invulnerable, and you know, he, he's whether he's choking out some lady with her own bikini top or getting shit faced halfway across the world, like he's always doing the right thing. Quotation marks. Right. Like like I said, uh, I mentioned this in the last episode, but in in um Live and Let Die, he does some stupid shit. Like walks out in the middle of like a battleground where there's guns everywhere and doesn't give a fuck. And like he's fine. He always mm-hmm. he's always right in those old ones. And this is not that. He like he's always right long term. He gets captured a lot, but like it doesn't matter. He like he just skates through everything basically. <laughs> yeah. Whereas here it seems to be, and it there seems to be bits of that in the trailer as well as like, you know, your actions have consequences, and you have fucked up several times. Like, so here's a little introspective moment in the song. Was I a fucking moron? Answer based on like the the twenty five film history. Yeah, probably. Yeah, a little bit. Sometimes. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Um, and with that, we get into what is the chorus. Um, and that, the chorus actually connects to the the verse. It right. connects to both verses. But yeah, so it's, was it obvious to everybody else that I'd fallen for a lie at the start of the chorus? You were never mm-hmm. on my side. Fool me once, fool me twice, fool me chicken soup with rice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Are you are you death or paradise? Now you'll never see me cry. There's just no time, no time to die. To die. And then we get that song title, movie title, everything ties in. Um so this is always fun when you get the like idioms in Bond songs. I've I've a lot of good Bond songs are built around like an idiom that's either been like corrupted or just used somehow or implied. Like I'm sure there's more examples, but we, I mean, we talk about diamonds are forever. Diamonds are forever is probably like yeah. originally a marketing term or something, but really it's, we say it, you know, it's an idiom. Um, mm-hmm. Live and let die versus live and let yeah. live. Like it's a corruption. Even um, uh, what we didn't talk about Thunderball, but there's a, a line where they say like color or he's the, the winner who takes all. So like winner take all is another saying, right. and I'm sure there's um, more. You only live twice, a play on you only live once. Right, right, right. Uh, um, fucking, you know, for your eyes only is not really an idiom, but a spy thing that gets said a lot. Yeah, it's a spy thing. So, like, a lot of taking some, not necessarily putting a twist on it, because this is really, like, implying, just implying the saying, but, but it's a big part of the, of the song that fooled me once, fooled me twice line. There's, I think, a fair amount of focus on it, or it really stuck in my mm-hmm. head. Yeah. And, well, I, my problem with that line is that, like, Bojack Horseman has ruined that line for me right. forever. Like, that Because <laughs> they have so many jokes with it. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, teach a man to fool me, and I'll be fooled the rest of my <laughs> life. <laughs> Which is maybe good that they didn't, like, say it explicitly. But also implying, like, because, like, the way the saying goes, if fool me twice, shame on me. So this is, like, literally just saying shame on me. Like, I fucked up. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't have trusted you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're never on my side. Are you death or paradise? Uh, often with the with the Bond girls, they sort of fall into that femme fatale trope as well. It's my understanding. Obviously, I've still only seen one Bond movie in my life. Yeah, I mean, in the I've I've only watched the three, but in the two old ones I saw, there was like Bond girl, and then like secondary Bond girl who's only there to die, like early mm-hmm. on. Um, but that's not that important. Uh, one of them was totally on his side the entire time, and one of them was like kind of a double agent, but only because he like kind of laughed her, and she's like, "I guess I'll go back to the bad guys." And like, <laughs> <laughs> but then they mistake the other auxiliary Bond girl for her and kill the auxiliary Bond girl. Right. And then James Bond's like, "They're trying to kill you," and she's like, "I better come with you then." Anyway, that's so she's her James Bond. That's James Bond. It's a little messy sometimes. Mm. So when she says there's just no time to die, does that mean that there's, like, literally just because James Bond's a busy guy, he he's like, oh, sorry, can't be dead right now, I got other shit to do. Or is yeah. it, like, there's no time to, like, change my old ways or, like, reflect, you know, a death of, death of ego, maybe, rather than a, a death of the body? Right, maybe. I mean, I was looking at it very similar to what we talked about last week, where it was kind of like this working class, like, blue-collar feeling of, like, well... I'm I'm doing my job. I just gotta, I just gotta, you know, keep my head down and uh, give the other guy hell. You know, just gotta fight the bad mm-hmm. guys and uh, and do what do what I'm getting paid to do. And this, it just made me think of like the idea, especially now since like a couple days ago we had a major like stock market downturn and a lot of people lost a lot of like savings mm-hmm. or you know interest or whatever words bank words. Um, that finance. like finance that like equity some uh what else do i got the um, dow the dow <laughs> dow jones just so goddamn horny for dow jones uh, um but j- like the idea of like working forever like never being able to retire but then like mm-hmm. you're working so much you don't even have the time to die it's like it's like a oh what's the joke like we're so poor we can't even afford to pay fuck what's it what is it um oh my god i feel like it's in a a fucking song too isn't it um uh it's like we're so poor we can't afford to to be uh 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 it's a classic joke it's totally i'm missing the punchline. oh we can't afford to pay attention or something like that. Uh, like something, yeah, some kind of yeah, pun yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like it's like that, but it's obviously more serious <laughs> and absolutely not like that at all. But I'm thinking of that right now. Um, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, you know what? I think that's also a good analysis of it, particularly in this, the, the modern era where like you just like you just said, people are working so much and not making money so that, you know, in order to effectively be able to leave this world at like a at a neutral value to be like, well, I have no debts and (laughs) 
like you have no time to die right you have to work forever and like taking it in combination with the previous line when he kind of says you'll never see me cry um Mm -hmm. obviously shown there's the vulnerability shown in the song but at the same time like he's not going to show it outwardly but then Mm -hmm. oftentimes when you have that kind of situation you're very like neutral and you're like i'm not crying but like i'm stoic sort of thing you know i'm not going to be smiling necessarily um and then like pour yourself into your work and like we mentioned like just like get the job done like focus on something so like there's no time to die because he he's not giving himself time to do anything but like focusing on just you know whatever's in front of him mhm and James Bond. yeah yeah he's, he's just got to do his fucking job uh so we get to verse 2 i let it burn you're no longer my concern mhm Faces from my past return. Another lesson yet to yet. Another lesson yet to learn. Yeah, this is the first like. This is just the intro to the movie that this is based on. So there must be a lot of mm-hmm. shit going down in the first like twenty minutes. Not yeah. even. Um, I mean, how long is twenty pages of a script? Twenty minutes. Maybe That's the general. Uh, the is general that how it works? A minute about, a page. Yeah, I think a minute a page. Well, there you go. Um. So, Let It Burn kind of reminds me of Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Maybe just the music video? Well, there's just, like, fiery stuff raining out of the sky. And just, like, things burning up and falling down like ashes. Anyway, but also the, their, like, relationship, I guess, burns up. Yeah. There was, in, uh, there, I don't know if the music video was official or not uh, that I watched, but it had James Bond and his love interest both, like, burning up some paper, which is, like, some spy shit, so. That is some spy shit. Does the paper represent, like, like a marriage certificate kind of situation? Obviously, they're not married, but, like, representing a union? Yeah, it could like be. It'd be like movie? you know, some some note they kept. It's like we are in love, and he's or like, well, love this note. is no longer true. Yeah, yeah. or like pictures or whatever. Although that would be on different kind of paper. Yeah, and so faces from my past return. Another lesson yet to learn. So this is to say that maybe, for for me, this seems to imply that it's all of his past mistakes are kind of coming to haunt him, and so it's like oh, you're no longer my concern because I got all this other shit to deal with. Right, and, uh... <laughs> and that's part like I mentioned, he was like f- kind of focusing on his work and ignoring mm-hmm. the the pain sort of thing. So that could be yeah. part of that. Uh, and speaking more literally, like there's two I think villains in this movie that are both from previous movies. Right. Um. So the, they're literally the guy just who faces from his past. Ernst Stavro Blofeld is one of the uh, yeah villains. Um, played by that guy. Uh, and then the Phantom of the Opera, the I believe, is also another villain. It's got a, uh, Rami Malek is in it. He's one of the villains. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is he a new villain? I don't know. I don't know. Girl. And Christoph Waltz is you. in it. He's the... He's Blofeld. That's his name, um, yeah. And I don't know if anyone else... Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, faces from his past. Like, yeah, it could also yeah, just be literally like... just like people coming back. Ye old villains. Although it's also kind of funny because um, a lot of these characters are characters that have been around for a long time, but now have different faces because right because they're played by different actors and the characters mm. have been around for like decades. 
kind of fun. I don't know. Kind of fun. Yeah, I think it's no, fun. Something. I'm, I'm smiling. Are you fun. smiling? I'm can smiling. You, can Alex. you hear me smile? Can you hear me smile? Yes, I can. Um, yes, yeah, so that's first two. It's very short. It's just the four lines. And then that another lesson yet to learn uh, leads right into that I'd fallen for a lie in the chorus again. And then we get some no time to die ums and ohs. Mm. And then the the outro is the uh, the chorus again. That's oh, the song, yeah. baby. That's it. That's Pretty it. simple. That's all she wrote. Um, Alex, let's talk about instruments in that. Um, yeah, let's talk about some music. Um, where are my notes? I didn't take very detailed notes. Oh, here they are. Um, so this song is like built around the minor ninth chord, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, minor. It's an E minor with a added ninth. And they just kind of like walk up, but they throw the ninth in as like a sort of sharp two kind of deal. Like they hit the ninth on the way up. So I don't know exactly how that works. Like it's kind of a jazz thing to call it a ninth instead of a a second because it's like the second note in... In right a, after in the an octave e scale and in, in e yeah but the sharp second in the e minor okay. like sharpen are you, are you hammering it on your, your i'm hammering it on right my now? keyboard right now yeah okay. you can hear that yeah <laughs> yeah that makes sense um so they just kind of like do 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 so that's a lot of it yeah yeah it's and, mostly just that and you get like some orchestral swells here and there and then when it comes to the chorus, the guitar uh, mirrors the vocal melody a bit. Yes, and the tone of the guitar is very similar to like the original Bond theme, where it's clearly referencing that. Mm-hmm. And that is played by Johnny Marr of the Smiths, yeah, who we talked Smiths. about. He's known for one time, at least, throwing knives at a guitar to get it to sound uh-huh. the way he wants to. And now, like, when I found out, when I heard it was him on this, my first thing was, like, there's a guitar in this song? Yeah. And then, my, like, my second thing is, like, you know, the the feeling is sort of the same as if you went to, like, a McDonald's, and then after you, like, ate your burger, somebody's like, Gordon Ramsay made that. And you're like, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't do a whole lot I in it. Other, like, I, I knew there was a guitar because of... I noticed it was kind of sounded similar to the original Bond theme. Right. Um, but, and like he does a good job, but it's mostly like very slow and sparse. And maybe that's mm-hmm. even tougher to do. I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe it's just that I have no appreciation for the, the sort of restraint that went into it. But from fucking Knives at Guitarman, and then you got Hans Zimmer doing fucking orchestral arrangements. And again, it's like, all right. It's like, taking a fucking ride on the bus and then you find out your bus driver is a fucking race car driver but he's just been driving it like a bus and you're like great so it sounds like you're not a huge fan of this song (laughs) i'm not like i don't hate it but in terms of like the capacity of what the like celebrity elements bring to this are it's just like you don't think it adds up it's like it's good you know it's same way like you got the mcdonald's burger you ate it you're like that's good yeah, like, like I, I, it sustained me. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. And uh, there, the one thing I did think was good was at the minute mark, we get a callback to the original theme with those horns in the back. 
like very like subtle horns. Yeah. They just kind of do their. But yeah, it even has that kind of sound of like the muted, whatever trumpet maybe, <laughs> brass mm. muted brass. But like like with the mute where you're moving it kind of thing. There's a. And it's like yeah. very quiet, and that is kind of while everything is still very like at the beginning in the first section where it's really just the piano playing, um, and then Billy comes in and she's singing, um, and her singing as like it's very Billy Eilish, you know, she kind of sings quietly close to the microphone. It's almost like, and I don't know if this came up when we talked about her before, but it's kind of like ASMR. Did we talk about that? Um, I don't know if we did, but yeah, I it's could very see like that. whispery and close yeah. mic, um, which is kind of her thing. Like that's how she gets her voice to sound the way that is distinct, and it's pretty distinct. So, mm-hmm. um, the other thing that is kind of fun in the section of the song in at the end of the first verse, where with all he's asking himself questions, or where she's like, "Was it stupid to love you? Was I reckless to help?" Yeah. Um. The, some echo comes in on on the voice there vocals there that doesn't really happen for the rest um okay. and i thought that was kind of a cool little way to be like stuck inside your own head and like your thoughts are literally just like bouncing around right yeah that is kind of cool kind of a fun effect i also want to point out that when she says stupid she throws a stupid. real like double o kind of stupid on it <laughs> which i assume is just like part of her accent i forget where she's from probably california yeah, I think so. I think she's anyway, from Hollywood. Don't know what that means. One of these Hollywood types. Hollywood um, type. Yeah. Also, a uh, thing Angels, they do, which yeah. which might be like a callback to earlier Bond songs, is on like the first two lines of the song, she gets like a little. It's like a, a like a kind of I don't know what the fuck it is, but like a little arpeggio of notes that follows behind each line she does. It's on a like a maybe a a hollow Glock kind of thing. Yeah, super like. I would guess it's some kind of synthesizer. Mm-hmm. They're like, woo hoo 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 like. Yeah. And I don't know if that's in reference da, to anything. Da, da, da. It could be. Like, isn't, doesn't Diamonds Are Forever do a similar thing? De- I can't remember. It seems Alex, appropriate, though. It seems appropriate for, like, a Diamonds Are Forever because of the sound. Yeah. I would associate with, like, Crystal. In fact, I have a... Um, Roland, 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 Roland. Um, okay, all right. It's not a Roland. <laughs> okay. I fucked up. I fucked up. I forgot what my synthesizer was. I haven't played in such a long time. Uh, the like Korg, uh, Volca FM, uh-huh. FM synthesizer has less setting that has that kind of sound, and it's called like Crystal something. Mm. So that sound of like like spinning your finger on a wine glass kind of a deal. Okay. But like really how you know what I'm talking about? You know when you do that? You get your finger wet and you Will can do it. Will can do it pretty good. Fucking I think the trick is you gotta put like more pressure than you think. But also don't break the wine glass. Anyway, but I never have a wine glass, so Well Alex, I got you something. It's a wine glass. No, I didn't get For you. For me? Wow. Yes, and it's uh made of skin. <laughs> oh, how did they make it clear? Uh, it's 
you know, you stretch Amazing. it real thin. You can see right through it. Um, it just looks clear because of the blood. Um, yeah. So Alex, the big, so the sort of the big building moments on the song where it starts to swell. About one twenty-two, when we hit the like, gets close to the chorus, we get just like a sort of a mild beef up, and then around right. like two oh seven, we get a bigger instrument swell. And the yeah, uh, it's kind of the... like three like plateaus mm-hmm. where the yeah, song exactly. rests at between like orchestral swells. They do like a big swell up, and then like a run down where they do the like diddle 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 diddle, like you're you're do a run down, yeah. but you jump back up there's probably a name for that mm-hmm. and then after that so around like the 225 mark the strings start doing a real like uh, an epic trailer kind of bit where it's like yes mixed real quiet that what i'm not surprised there's an epic trailer strings in this because that's like it's hans zimmer hans zimmer did the arrangement on this and right I mean, isn't that epic trailer strings just based on Hen Simmer's composition style? Like, probably. And I guess that's uh, what he would. If we brought another like composer on this or uh, orchestral arranger, it might sound sloppier, and that might be again like restraint might be what Johnny Marr and Hans Zimmer are bringing to this. Yeah, and I think I mean that's kind of Billie Eilish's singing style. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like she really kind of like not whispers, but like she's very understated in the yeah, like even when she's she given her at the end of yeah. the song around the three twenty mark, like it's still like she just hit like Adele's like regular range, you know? Yeah, like she hits that, and like it, but it feels big for the song, but it doesn't feel big like generally because we're used to these huge pop ballads, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And and in the context of this song, it's obviously the highest point, and and even like the sort of like effects on on the vocals um, back that up. Like they like it's kind of breaking up around the high end. You're really getting like the mic overload sound. I really think it does work here. I've mentioned in the past that I don't always like the like mic overload effect, right. but I think it works here very well. It's pretty subtle. Again, it's all. Seems to all be about the subtlety in this. Yeah, and it's uh one of the one of the nice things they do is uh so we your third plateau is at around the three fifteen mark. You get your last big instrumental swell. Uh, Billie Eilish starts hit, hitting it hard or like bigger than she has before, and then the song ends with the spy chord. Yes, which the song was kind of based around spy chord. Yeah. I believe that's the spike. That minor, minor ninth. Um, but I think for the spike chord, you have to add the like sharp seven. Well, yeah. Well, for the spike chord, all all four of the Beatles have to leap into the air and hit the notes. Because <laughs> that's what the Beatles do, man. They spy. I don't get it. Fucking do. I don't get it, man. Like, you know what the Beatles chord? Oh, the Beatles chord, like, like from uh, what song is it from again? Where it's like actually a piano. Um, is it a Hard Day's well? Night? Yeah, I think it is. Like right at the beginning of the, you know, the chord that I made with my mouth. Yeah. So my my joke was that the Beatles chord was like the spy like chord. the spy chord. I get it. 
I get it. Thanks for explaining it wasn't a your good joke. joke. Don't worry about it. Yeah, now it's much better. That's been explained. <laughs> like all jokes. Um, like all jokes. Uh, improved by a Wikipedia page. Uh, yeah. So that's like the whole song, Alex. That's it. Yeah. It's there's again like like a lot of Bond or like um with Live and Let Die. There's not a ton of lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um. Other than that, like. I feel like I'm comparing it to the last two Bond songs. Because yeah. to me, that was when people started giving a shit about Bond songs again. There was like this weird period for the early Daniel Craig ones that like I didn't even realize they still did Bond songs. Yeah. Like, well, that cri- I'm the sure Chris they Cornell had. The one is not great. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about that one. The, the Jack White Alicia Keys one is like fascinating because. It's like very Jack White mm-hmm. inspired, and he has like a guitar solo that is super Jack White, and like that's interesting. But yeah, uh, like, but I, I feel, feel like, like there was that was a time period where they were like, well, fuck, I don't know. Yeah, well, they just kind of threw whatever at it, uh, and then like after Skyfall, because Adele, uh, I think it was a big hit. If it wasn't, then my parents really liked it, so I heard it a lot. Um, well, yeah, I think that's when just Adele was in her stride in general. So. Right, right. Adele, like compared to Chris Cornell in 2005 or six or whatever, like mm-hmm. he wasn't massive at the time, I don't think. Like compared to no. Adele in whenever fucking <laughs> Skyfall was, came out. Skyfall was 2011, no, 2012. Or Sam Smith in 2015. Yeah. Like. Like these one, they won Oscars. Mm-hmm. I don't think Chris Cornell won an Oscar. Yeah, in two thousand seven, and I feel like it just like, like it felt like there was a lot of producer heavy handedness on that one because it doesn't feel like a Chris Cornell song. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the story is on that one, but since the like Bond songs got serious, I feel like they have been very similar. So that is mm-hmm. a little disappointing. This one seems to be like the apotheosis of that. Like, I don't know how you could go more subtle than this. And if they try again, it's going to feel half-assed. So yeah. it's almost... So I would be curious to see what they do with the next one. Because um, this one did seem to do fairly well compared to the previous. I don't think... Um, what was the... What was the Sam the Sam Smith one, which Writings I on the wall. can't even a, remember the name of ever. It's 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 a garbage Bond song. Um, also, just like a garbage song. In yeah, general. it's like it's still trying to be the like slow, serious, thoughtful Bond song, but it just doesn't do it as well as Skyfall did. Although, and mm-hmm. but Skyfall had the like high, high highs, you know. Yeah, it kind of pulls to those like Shirley Bassey roots where it's these fucking big right. ass pieces. It's like female singer who's good at singing, doing big vocals kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like kind of subverting that in that it's this not necessarily on purpose because it's her style anyway um, with, with Billie Eilish's singing. Yeah, but also it's very clear that her and her brother took took this very seriously, and they're horny for making Bond songs. Yeah, and I mean that's what they they clearly were excited about making it, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm sure 
lots of other artists were too. I I don't know what the yeah. <laughs> like. I mean, I and... I can't see Chris Cornell just doing this for a paycheck, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but it's uh. I think, and despite some of my misgivings about the song overall, I think it is one of the better Bond songs out of the recent ones. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I hope it leads to some more diverse Bond songs because they've been following a very similar archetype for the last decade. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Yeah. Like I said, I'd like to see Foreigner do the next one. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> foreigner wouldn't that be so fucking random out of nowhere if we actually got foreigner like uh who has experience making spy songs foreigner i think yeah i get them it's, it's, get you either got foreigner guys. or hauling oats that is it <laughs> daryl hall and john oats yeah yeah somebody called daryl hall <laughs> he might actually hall. he might actually say no he might be like ah or- I'm busy. He's busy. He's, you know, jamming at Daryl's house or whatever that show is. <laughs> uh, that's it, guys. That's the whole segment. Yeah. There's no we cover s- songs We today. stretched it out a little bit, but it, yeah, there's yeah. no covers. We, I, I we... listened to a cover. Um, there was one cover. I, f- I didn't look, but there was one that came up when I searched the song on Spotify. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't listen to the whole thing because... Um, the original, as you know, is fairly quiet. So I right. then I popped in the next song, and it is not quiet, but it starts quiet. Okay. It starts the same, except on guitar, and then like becomes metal very fast. And my headphones were turned up too loud for that, so I stopped listening to it. That's fair. That's a fair thing to do. Um, we might revisit this one come like November-ish. See if there's anything. Yeah, see if there's anything out there. By then. Uh, but in the meantime, that's it. If you guys have some covers that you've done of the song and want to maybe submit them like ahead of time, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, hashtag CoverMePod at Jake Cressy at some Alex Wise guy, or you can hit us up at our email address, CoverMePod at gmail.com. Uh, send us your questions, comments, reviews. Review us on the fucking apps and shit, you guys. We're dying out here. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, your favorite podcasting apps. We're on there. We're doing stuff. Uh, we're living the dream. And if you're having trouble... Tell us we're good boys. Yeah, tell us we're good boys. Just tell us that, and we'll feel good. Um, we're going to do a quick bonus segment, though. Just yeah. Because I meant to do this. Alex, we talked about uh, songs named after movies. Or, you know, movies named after songs. I wanted to ask you what some of your favorite songs written for movies are. Songs, it can be just Bond songs, but it can be outside can of that be as Bond well. Songs. Okay, I might have to think about this for a minute, so you might have to cut so some like, stuff out. So, like, for example, uh, David Bowie's uh, Cat People, brackets, putting out fires. I didn't know that was written for a movie. It's written for the movie Cat People. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, trying to think of songs that were written for movies. Um, but let me vamp a bit. Um uh, on the topic of that, of the previous one, the movies named after songs, uh, that night I went to see Birds of Prey at the theater and I saw a big ass poster on on the outside of the theater for a movie called I Still Believe. And I thought, oh, hey, yeah. that's a pretty good Frank Turner song. Uh, but it turns out the movie has nothing to do with it. I looked it up. It's a movie about like a Christ- contemporary Christian rock artist. 
Yeah. And it's like his his biography. Like yeah, he wrote an autobiography and they they made a movie about it. So it has nothing to do with rock and roll. Well, maybe a little bit, but doesn't have much to do with the idea that rock and roll will save your mortal soul. Yeah. Um But yeah, that was the same day we recorded. I saw that. Um but it turns out I can't think and talk at the same time, so I don't actually have an answer to the previous question yet. No, songs written Alex. for movies. What songs were written for movies? Obviously Bond songs, but beyond yeah. Bond, uh, songs written for movies would be uh, like... Yeah. Um, like Hungry Eyes from Dirty Dancing. Oh, shit. Dirty Dancing? Which, Dirty Dancing yeah. soundtrack is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> fucking slaps, dude. I'm looking uh, at did, it right now. Did you watch Dirty Dancing? Have you watched it? I have not seen Dirty you gotta Dancing. gotta watch Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I know, I need to. <laughs> um, Dirty Dancing is good. The first, like, a good portion of the, like, beginning of the movie, it's, like, all, like, 50s and early 60s music, and then suddenly they, like, play an 80s song. But that also, a lot of it is, like, diegetic. Like, like someone's listening to a radio or whatever, or they're dancing to that song in oh, nice. the movie. <laughs> and then suddenly, like... There's this non-diegetic mu- music, and it's like 80s music, so it's like synthesizes, and you're like, what the fuck? That's very different. <laughs> um, but no, it's great. Um, and um, it starts I with Beamer, baby. Fuck. What songs I... were written for movies? Um, Everything is oh, Awesome the... from the Lego movie. That's right, yeah. It's That's a fun time. one. Um, The soundtrack from Moore, the... Uh... The Pink Floyd album is oh, the soundtrack I, from I the film I really Moore. like music from the film more. That is... Yeah. Um, I'm Pink trying to Floyd think of a better two example. two soundtracks, I believe. Is um, Yeah, I think you're right. But I forget... And they're both phenomenal pieces of work, in my opinion. I forget what the other one is. Yeah, it's close to the same time. It's... Uh, I don't think it's Obscured by Clouds. But it might Could be. be. wrong, though. It might be. Or... I feel like I, I I don't remember. Um I didn't think it was a saucer full of secrets either. But like the Nile song? That's some yeah. good shit. I love the Nile song so much. Nile song As kicks like, ass. It just feels it's just it's like this like heavy, like garage rocky kind of song. I don't even know if garage rock's the right word, but it's like not how I think of Pink Floyd. Um Yeah, it's like as, rough. Yeah. It's very like distortion y from nineteen sixty nine. Um fuck. Okay. So yeah, there's a lot to cut out here. Um, I I think I figured it out. You figured it out, Alex. What yep. is it? Um, well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to uh, everything that's not the Danger Zone on uh, on the Top Gun soundtrack. Um, <laughs> I like the Danger Zone. Don't get me wrong, but it has enough exposure already. Um, right. But I think it has to be um, two possibilities from the same movie. Either mm-hmm. actually. I just want to give it to the whole soundtrack. No, I can give it to Who Wants to Live Forever off uh, for A Kind of Magic, which is oh, the that's smart. Highlander soundtrack. And yeah. when you learn that it's the Highlander soundtrack, it like recontextualizes everything. Because you're like, because Who Wants to Live Forever is like a pretty good song. Like it's a good Queen song. Yeah. But it's actually just written about this like really cheesy movie about immortal guys who fight each other with swords or something. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it either. But, but like once you learn and like don't lose your head. Like it sounds yeah. like just advice, but it's literally don't get capitated. <laughs> yeah, don't get decapitated. And like Princes of the Universe is on there and stuff. So like that's a wild album. I'm giving it to Who Wants to Live Forever because that's that's a big one. Even like a kind of magic is 
it's just like a quote from the movie apparently so I, but i'm right. giving it to wants to live forever because learning that like it's it's a love song but like taken from such like a cheesy place they took like this they they really managed to make it like fit i well i don't know if it fits i haven't seen the movie but like kind of fits the idea of who wants to live forever but like just turn it into this like rock and roll song about love but like still the right topic you know so very it's it's that one where like you you learn the second layer and you're like fuck really it's just about highlander (laughs) it's dumber than i thought but they made it so good (laughs) yeah you're like how the fuck is that possible um another an honorable mention though it's technically not songs for a movie is the b-side of low by david bowie is sort of inspired by the music he wrote for the the film the man who fell to earth is that what it is the man who fell to earth it is yeah and that that music he wrote for that didn't make it into the final film but apparently heavily inspired what he did for the instrumental tracks on low which is pretty cool and we've Mm -hmm. discussed how much we love low in the past oh yeah fucking love that shit um that's our top movie song picks if you've got some hit us up twitter hashtag movie song tell us about how you saw the new sonic the hedgehog film and really liked that song they wrote at the end about running fast (laughs) um yeah that's that's what we have to say today and as we always say on cover me fool me once fool me twice something something cover me